There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. J.B. Smoove is one of the many hilarious black comedians featured in the new docuseries Fat Tuesdays, which premieres tomorrow on Amazon Prime. He called in to promote his stand-up gig at DC's Warner Theater back in 2019, breaking down his career from Pootie Tang to Curb Your Enthusiasm. Thanks so much for joining us, man. Man, good to be here, man. I can't wait to come. It's been absolutely a minute since I've been back there. I haven't been back there since the new administration. I haven't been back there since. It's been a minute. You know, I don't think I've been there since they had the new Martin Luther King statue. I haven't seen anything. So I need somebody to show me around because I'm missing D.C., and I got to catch up to what's happening. <laughs> well, we can't wait for you to get here. Um, we, I definitely don't want to, whenever interview comedians, I definitely don't want to spoil any of your specific punchlines or anything like that. But could you at least give us an idea of, you know, what topics or areas you might explore in your routine? You know what? I'm, 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 a, I'm a wild card. So I, I tend to cater my show to my audience. But I, I use my ears as much as my mouth. So I like to know, you know, uh, go where my audience takes me at. You know, I like to entertain myself as well as the audience. And I like to improvise, of course, for all those fans out there who are big-time Kirby Enthusiasm fans. It's going to be a little bit of everything I've ever done. It's going to be a little bit of sound effects, animation. It's going to be uh, some Leon in there from Curb. It's going to be some 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 uh, Lonnie McClay from Almost Christmas. It's going to be some J.B. Smooth from Real Husbands of Hollywood. Anything and everything I have done, I incorporate into my show. And those uh, folks in D.C. who love me and who have seen my show and, and, and supported me, you are going to love. Uh, it's going to be great to connect with you guys again. And um, I'm looking forward to a fabulous show at the Warner Theater. You know, um, I'm, and also, this kicks off, this officially kicks off my lollygagging tour, which is absolutely fabulous. That I'm I'm stopping in D.C. first for the official official lollygagging tour, which is going to be fabulous celebration. I might who knows I might even bring some Crown Royal because I am the Crown Royal Vanilla Man. <laughs> Maybe I'll bring some shots of Crown Royal to get the party started. Who knows? I love it. Why, I know. Why'd you call it lollygagging? Explain to our listeners why it's a lollygagging tour. You know what I like about the the, the word lollygagging is because you're you're you're, you're not, you're you're just like mindlessly moving and taking a break from the the, the the mundane world that we live in right now. And why not live a day and just lollygag it out? Just like live in the moment for for a little while. Live in the moment. You know, don't over lollygag because there's a possibility that 
when you lollygag, you're not paying attention too much of what's going on around you. You're kind of in your own world. You, you, you're chasing butterflies. You're chasing damn butterflies. That's why I tell you. <laughs> you're letting somebody's, letting somebody's dog lick you in the face that you don't know. You know, you're, you're, you're doing things that, that, that allow you to just take a break mentally. And why not lollygag a little bit? Lollygag's probably on the same level as lamping. It's somewhere in that in that realm, but lamping is 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 total relaxation and chilling, and and lollygagging is just free of mind, free of spirit, free spirit, free mind. That's why I chose lollygagging, and it, it looked damn good on a t-shirt. <laughs> you always want to get things to look great on a t-shirt. <laughs> exactly, I like that. Lamping, lollygagging, that's all in that same range, that spectrum. Yeah. All right, you mentioned a bunch of the the shows. I want to I want to ask you about you know some of your more famous roles. But before that, take me back to the very beginning. You're born in North Carolina, but raised in uh, Mount Vernon, New York, right? Who who was your comedy icons growing up? Oh man, for me, for me, I, I love a range of comedians. You know who really got me? Although I love Pryor, I love Fox, Red Fox. But I also loved um, 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 Peter Sellers. Yeah. Peter Sellers was like gold to me. Um, George Carlin, gold to me. All all those icons I just named, Peter Sellers, Pryor, Red Fox, all these people are influences that I'm sure every comic has had some influence on their uh, on their on their career. And um, you can't you know, and I always say you know you are a product of your influence as as far as who you listen to, who motivates you to get on stage. But I will say this much. As much as I love stand-up and I love comedy and I love sitting there playing my prior albums, I think the turn really came when I really started, like, going to the video store and renting v- VHSs of, of all the comics that I loved. And I studied George Carlin probably the most. I found him to be... You know, his his thinking was so out of the box that he, he captured me, you know. And as far as TV and film, I just fell in love with Peter Sellers. I love physical comedy, and I love Pink Panther. I love that movie, The Party, and all that good stuff. But I'm also influ- influenced by music. I'm influenced by, by positivity. There's so many things that influ- that influence my mind and my thinking that I can't, I can't even name one person or one thing that, in particular, that kind of shaped me. But I will say that all those influences, music-wise, it's Marvin Gaye, sports, you know, it's, it's boxing, Ali and Tyson, and you know, the, you know, Tyson for his aggressiveness, Ali for his swift, swift feet, and the, and the rope of dope. You know, the rope of dope comes in handy because you know how many times we all been on the ropes and we had to like take a few blows and box ourselves out <laughs> of any situation. Anything and everything, man, can influence you, man, influence your kids. And I think we all have to have some kind of motivation to keep us moving and keep us going and keep us uh, going towards our goal, which is to create a brand and something that people love to see. And I always call it working on your golf swing. Right. It's a, a good analogy. It's a good analogy. Once you figure out how to hit that ball straight, all you got to do is keep repeating it over and over again, you know, in any situation. You want to you, you chip shot. You want to get out of the sand. Everybody got stuck in the sand before, you know. You sometimes you get stuck in the sand. You got you got to use a certain 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 club to get out of the sand. You got to use a pitching wedge sometimes. Sometimes you got to you got to just loop the ball up sometimes, you know. 
And that's what life is all about for me, learning that damn golf swing so you can repeat it every damn time. I love you it. Know? Well, but also be able to get yourself out of trouble and also, you know, I always consider myself a, a, a guy who's always trying to evolve, always trying to learn. So I always say I don't know it all, but I love the challenge of figuring things out, uh, you know, jumping over these bumps in the road. And, and and be resilient in whatever you do, you know. Absolutely, I'm gonna follow that uh, that your your perfect the golf swing analogy and ask you the, the ask yeah, you this. Right. I'm gonna ask you this next one uh, this way. Um, it, it, along with that golf analogy, who do, who would you say once you once you moved out to LA late '90s? Um, and you, you know you were doing MTV's the Lyricist Lounge show. You got on Chris Rock show, Premium Blend, all the all those early yeah, early yeah. Br- early big breaks oh, for man. you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, who would be your who was your let's say golf instructor, your caddy, your earliest mentor <laughs> that helped you perfect that swing early on when you first broke in? Oh man, I watched Pace. Chris Rock to me is he was the ultimate as far as pace and. And he he was like a machine gun to me, and and he had this pace, this this mindset of, you know, he's got this sniper on you, and he's just like bam 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 repeatedly, just going straight forward, and his rhythm, his style, his his writing skills, his mind is something that I found to be amazing. Although we we're not far apart in age, but we're further apart as far as career. But his style, I always watch, you know, I always say that you uh, you can't learn anything from someone who's the same age as you, you know, or the same. And I use age as age. I use age as uh, experience. I use age as um, um, your presence. All those things to me matter when you start to figure out what you want to do and how you want to make it work for you. So I always try to keep my mind open as to what makes it um, what makes it go, and I think that's very important as far as uh, as far as stand up and 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 being uh, motivated to do what you do, you know. But I think back then it was definitely the cats around me who were doing their thing, you know. And but the cool thing about it is we all became fans of each other. Which helps a lot, you know, because I've 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 even, you know, I was even flown out to L.A. for and living color. There's so many things that uh, I had to stop and look at my journey and the things that I've accomplished, and I just got to add it all up and say, wow, you know, I use this one phrase all the time. I always say, you know, plan your destination, improvise your journey, you know. Because there's more than one way to get where you got to go. Right. I, I never try to repeat what's already been done already. I always try to, I always try to use other skills to make it happen. Uh, coming early, staying late, uh, being being uh, attentive to listening more to what people are saying, getting myself in certain circles with certain people, networking. All those things play a part in, which is old school way, which is different from. The, the speed and the pace today when you have the social media, YouTube, you, you got more at your disposal now than you had back then. Back then, I would go on a road for two weeks straight driving from New York to Florida to Miami, stopping all the way 10 different cities on the way back to New York 
it was a whole different way of doing things back then, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Different so times I'm, for I'm, sure. I'm 30, I'm, 30, I'm 30 years in. Yeah, I'm 30 years in. Which is uh, which is weird to say because I still feel like I'm, you know, I always call myself old school new. <laughs> so that that's kind of my thing. So I like I like to always be where I need to be at, and I think I planted a lot of seeds. And the, the more seeds you plant, it's, it's kind of like how they refer, re, recreate the forest when they cut trees down. Right. When they cut a tree down, they got to plant more trees. And that that's what I always do. As I accomplish something, I plant more seeds. So my phone rings, whether it's a month later, two years later, five years later, ten years later, my phone always rings because I always, always plant those seeds for later. Absolutely. You never know which one of those seeds is gonna is gonna you know grow and then get you the next gig. It's, it's Damn right. a smart move. Damn I want right. tell me more. I want to know more about your first big movie, uh, Pootie Tank, with uh, Chris Rock. <laughs> do, you, do you still? I know you were like narrating and acting. And, um, do you have a scene that all these years later? God, that's like eighteen years old. That's hard to believe. Do you have a scene that all these years later you still watch it? It still breaks you up. Oh yeah, man, uh, Pootie Tang. I love the I love the scene of Pootie Tang in the music studio when he's recording his song about nothing, and <laughs> you know he's he's singing and it, you know and my my line was Pootie don't need no words, Pootie don't need no music to make a hit song, and I found that to be the most ridiculous, silliest thing ever that this man was saying nothing and people loved it. <laughs> and I found that to be one of the funniest scenes. I, I love that one, and me going to the farm with Pooty, uh, and realizing that the farm life was not for me. <laughs> how about <laughs> how about Mr. Deeds working with Sandler? Any any good behind the oh, scenes? Uh, you know, on, oh, on set stories with that dude. That dude's hilarious. When I got on that movie set, man, that was the first big movie, um, you know, nationally, you know, released movie. Uh, and that one, oh man, you know, I was, I was so, I was impressed with, I mean, I was happy being on set and working with Adam, but man, the lunch, man, when I walked to that craft table and I saw all them damn lobsters, I said, man, this man don't have to live. <laughs> I said, man, I know I'm on a set with all these stars, but look at them damn lobsters, you know what I'm mean? saying? <laughs> yeah, man. The, you can judge a set by its craft services. <laughs> you can judge it by the craft services, man. That's what I knew. I'm about to hit the big time when I saw them damn lobsters, man. Absolutely. And then from there, I know um, a lot of our listeners have seen a lot of your stuff. They they might not even know some of the, you know, you wrote a lot of the sketch comedy for, you know, Cedric the Entertainer show. And then, of course, SNL for like three or four years there. Um, what was your, do you do you have a favorite sketch you wrote for SNL while you were there or can, helped write? Man, I got so many sketches, man, that never made it that are considered legendary right now. Come on. The urine detective. <laughs> urine detective. Uh, butt pregnant. Um, so many amazing ones. Well, we know what butt pregnant did make it, but uh, 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 what's another one? Uh, the, the the all day cigarette. Um, the guy who used to work in a bank counting money as a teller, and he got a job at Subway, and and he's he makes sandwiches, but he can't stop licking his finger to uh to put the meat on your bread. Um, <laughs> so, many, <laughs> so many, so many amazing damn sketches that never made it. I wrote one for t- 
Tom Brady, where he was the first man to slap another player on the butt after a good play in the 30s. And nobody <laughs> understood why he kept hitting them on the butt after a good play. He was the only player to be traded to every team in the NFL. So many amazing sketches, man, that never made it. That double never made it. Classic, though. Everything, people bring it up all the time. Classics that never made it. But, you know, these are, these are all building blocks, man, you know. I worked at SNL for three seasons, and uh, it was all building blocks, man. You take, you take it, you put it in your resume, you know, it opens doors for you later, and you just kind of keep building on whatever you want to do in life. I love it. And then, of course, you mentioned it earlier. We, get, we can't let you run before we ask you about Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, uh, of course, oh, Leon. Uh, I mean, that might be what is that what most people probably know you from from that. Uh, what just just take us behind the scenes of you know what is the genius of Larry David? We we know you know him and Jerry created an all timer in Seinfeld, but Curb almost was it just felt it was that raw gritty you know shaky cam sort of idea. It almost it just felt so organic and you know I don't know just working with Larry. What what was that? What was his secret? Man, I, I was a big fan of the show before I got on the show, so for me. It was this thing of, man, I would love to be on this show one day, man. And I had the opportunity, the best opportunity to to get on the show, man. And and it, it was like a match made in heaven. You know, you got a comedian who loves to improvise. You know, the first thing I ever did before I started doing stand-up was I took an improv class at the old improv comedy club in New York, which after that summer, it closed down. Right after my right after my improv class I took that summer, that club closed down. So I was so happy I got a chance to work with one of the legends, Marty Friedman from SCTV. Got a chance to work with him, and um, who's a really good friend of of Lauren Michaels and all all these things, all these little things that end up, you know, you 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 take something like that, and that was early '90s. I took that class, and I put that that tool in my toolbox, and years later. You know, I end up on a show like uh, Curb Enthusiasm. So Larry is an amazing, amazing, amazing writer. And what he did for me was um, being a part of a show like that, which is, which is improvised, it allowed you to open up your mind. And Larry just puts you in these amazing situations where you get a chance to improvise with him directly, improvise with amazing actors, uh, be a part of a show that, that has no no script. So what you see is this amazing uh, collage of amazing actors who get together and everything is improvised. The show is amazing. This is, we, we're going into our 10th season now. I came in season, uh, season six. So this is my fifth season being a part of the show, and I'm so happy that uh, I got a chance to be on my favorite show. How, I think, I think, I think, I think, yeah. How exactly does that work? I mean, you say, I mean, we've all known that, you know, a lot of it's highly improvised. Do you just enter, like, each episode, is it just sort of an outline of, you know, this is generally what happens, and then within the scene you're just improvising the dialogue? Or how exactly, how many bare bones outline is there for each episode? That's exactly, it's like a, probably an eight to ten page outline of this, of the, of the, of what the, of what the episode is about. And all the little details and nuances is stuff that you do from your dialogue. Unless it's something very specific that Larry needs to, like, stitch together an episode, everything else is improvised. So that's how it, that's how it works. Yeah, and so it's based be- on, a, on, a, on an outline. It's really, it's really challenging 
But if you love, you know, when you improvise, it really relies on you listening just as much as you are speaking. So, you know, like when I'm in a scene with Larry, I got to make make a conscious decision sometimes if he comes up with something crazy. I got to decide in that moment if I want to have his back or if I want to go against him. So I try to figure out what's the funniest thing to do. You know, I'm going to get the most meat out, meat out of if I'm going to have his back or if I'm going to go against him. So that's when you see the arguments, you know, and all the fun stuff, you know, and that's where all that's created from. Absolutely. Well, I, I got to say, you're probably one of the most ubiquitous actors that's out there. You you pop up in literally everything. You When I said we were interviewing you everyone, and showed your, your picture, everyone's like, oh, he was in this, he was in that, he was in Last Comic Standing, he was in Date Night, he was in Top 5, he was in, you know, like, it, it's, you could rattle off a list of so many things that you've you've been in, and I think that's a testament to what you were saying about yeah. how you plant all those seeds, you know, I think that's what you're talking about. That goes right back to planting those seeds, man, you know, from me appearing on New Girl, me appearing on Life in Pieces, these are all... All, all amazing shows that I got a chance to be a part of and be a reoccurring character on outside of my own stuff. So, and, and you're right, man. You know, if, if one day I really sat down one day and I started looking at my own IMDb, and I was like, wow, I'm really happy that it, it's not just me happy, you know, about being uh, a, a work, a, a successful uh, uh, actor. It, it's really about me continuing to build these blocks and inspire young actors and inspire young people from my 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 main heart is the Boys and Girls Club of America. Um, this is all very important because it just shows that hard work, you know, being committed to something you really love to do and making it happen, no matter how long it takes to do it. I mean, I'm not an A-list actor, but I'm very satisfied with my movement you know, I didn't step on toes. I didn't burn bridges. I just worked hard, and I'm willing to take stumbles here and there. Just to, sometimes you need a stumble here and there to clear your mind. You, you you have to understand what people love about you and what they don't like about you to understand your product and to make your product better. You know, and I think that's very important. You know, as far as a life of a comedian, life of an actor life of a, of a producer, a director, you have to know your brand and what you bring to the table. And that's why you see me on so many commercials, so many TV shows, so many guest starring roles, so many movies, you know, so many things that I love to be a part of. And I think that's very important. Well, you're A-list in our book, man. Or uh, you're, No, you have your own list. You're, you're JB-list. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. your... <laughs> I'm a JB-list, man. Two, two letters. <laughs> All right. Well, we can't wait until those two letters uh, lollygag into Warner Theater. Thanks so much, JB-smooth. We really appreciate it. You've been great. Hey, man. I appreciate it, man. I can't wait to see everybody tomorrow night. It's going to be amazing. All right. Sounds good. Take care. We'll see yeah. you out there. Later, later. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.
I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.